phones. Right now, I'm joined by Sarah Martin, John Moore, and uh, Dr. Phil Ferguson. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are we all? Pretty good. Sarah? Cold, but pretty good. Yeah, a bit cold. How's it up in Wellington today, Sarah? Oh, I haven't turned your bloody up. See, this is... God, I'm all over the show this morning. Sorry, I'm all frazzled after being up late last night uh, analysing the debate. Um, but um, So I guess um, we'll get to the debate, but I, I think we should start with the poll because the poll was out before the debate and they talked about the poll in the debate quickly. So um, One News latest poll um, was released just before last night's debate. And for the first time in 12 years, Labour is ahead of the Nats, with Labour sitting on 43%, the Nats on 41 um, and with New Zealand First on 8%, they're definitely the kingmaker in this one. Uh, Labour and New Zealand First could go along, uh, alone, that would knock the Greens out again, a la uh, 05. Yes. Uh, um, and the Nats uh, need NZ First, the Māori Party and ACT. Um, Yes, but as I always say, it's just a poll, and once again, the polls. For me, I think this is going to be very influential, this poll. Um, you know, the Greens are on 5%, um, and I've had, you know, several friends over the last couple of weeks come up to me and said, I'm probably not going to vote for the Greens this time because I think they're not going to get in, and I don't want to waste my vote, and that's all down to the polls. But anyway, my, um, my personal feelings aside, big boost for Labour. Yeah, I think, it's, to, to put it bluntly, it's fucking astounding <laughs> how far they've come over the last couple of months. We just have to remember, at the end of July, they were polling on 24%, at a record low, and they've gone up to now 43%, just ahead of National. So that, that's incredible. It's quite historic. And, yeah, we have to put it down to the Jacinda effect, really. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, I, I guess it speaks to uh, a f- wide widespread feelings of discontent that the media haven't been really picking up on, you know, that's the whole idea that we're, it's a rock star economy and it, it, middle New Zealand, so-called New, middle New Zealand is pretty happy, but actually a number of polls as of late have shown that people are very concerned about issues of housing, of inequality, mm-hmm. uh, that the, the whole political system is stacked against ordinary people, and I think Jacinda Ardern has been able to sort of capture and personify those feelings of discontent. Okay. What are your thoughts, Phil? I think John's right about the underlying discontent um, that's been around for quite a while and it hasn't really had an expression. Mm -hmm. It, It was partially expressed, I think, through increases in support for the Greens in New Zealand first, but certainly Goff, Shearer... Little were not able to tap into it, and now it's become expressed, I guess, in the Jacinda effect. But the thing that I find strange and kind of troubling in a way is nothing about Labour policy has fundamentally changed, Uh so it is largely about her. And isn't this it's kind of the celebrity culture sort of Kardashianisation of New Zealand politics that somebody you know who's been around for nine years is very much part of the establishment you know she hasn't been crusading around poverty or women's rights and so on Mm -hmm. she's done some safe stuff around children's rights which everybody kind of likes children or wants their rights to be protected so very very safe Um, and yet she's had this effect on Labour support 
Mm -hmm. I find that quite quite strange and also quite troubling in the sense of people aren't really looking beyond the selfies yeah. and the smile and she's really she's obviously much more personable than Andrew Little and Cunliffe and Shera but has she done anything that's shown any more substance than any of those guys? I don't think so. Well John hadn't either when he came in but I mean is she, Sarah is she believable? Is that one of the things? Is, can oh, I, I people do see in her someone who that who they they find relatable mm-hmm. that um you know she'll get them and she'll understand them and that she cares for them um i, I think that's coming across and i i mean i think that both phil and john are right i mean it's an astounding turnaround um and she has managed to get that cut through um and get people to relate and support her and um, support the party she stands for i, I mean i think phil's right in that they're not um the policies haven't changed, but mm. she is, uh, you know, she's still talking in that speech, that launch speech. She t- still talked about climate change as being significant, um, child poverty, and there's one other thing. Um, and I think people, that is, as John said, that is talking to people's concern that this government is kind of just resting on its laurels and isn't doing anything. I'm not saying that Labour's necessarily going to do anything radically different, but she is talking to those key concerns that people have around climate change and child poverty and housing um, and really making sure that that's top of the agenda Um, whereas on the other hand you've got the English and the National Party denying that any of those things are an issue or a problem or that we should you know spend any attention on them Uh, so I think the contrast between the two messages is is appealing to what what people are thinking as John said yeah Yep. So it was, I, oh, I think also when when Nationals' big big uh, draw card is spending ten billion dollars on roads, <laughs> they're they're a bit of a soft target, aren't they? Yeah. Like yeah, you, you don't have to promise very much in order to look good against you know ten billion more dollars to to mm. choke up the roads. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, is so Jacinda's talking to the people, whereas others weren't, and and I and Bill is just carrying on the same message. It, was it the fact that um, you know when John was in and he w- he was doing the same thing Bill is doing, but he delivered it well and he was talking about it well, and they're kind of like yeah, they are they're talking to me, or you know, or, or maybe he's not necessarily talking to me, but no one else is anyway. But now Jacinda just seems to be like connecting uh, with with the audience with with the people and you know it's been three years there's a lot more younger voters coming in there's a lot of voters that were 25 that are now 27 or 28 uh, or that were 28 that are now in their 30s and they're starting to be concerned and worried um, mm. so, so so maybe they're being reached out to as well and I think but Jacinda is a very astute politician she's got a group of people around here including Grant Robertson who are who are very astute have looked at uh, going right back to the um, <laughs> Obama presidency and the, the lead up to Obama being elected president they've also looked at um, uh, Trudeau in Canada uh, Macron in France so sort of centrist new forms of centrist um, politicians who have been able to use positive Positive language, mm-hmm. you know, hope and change with Obama, for example, yeah. to sort of uh, 
to connect with people who who are feeling okay the the, the economy's going okay but there's a lot of people missing out and yeah. there's a general sense of unease and I think so Adern and other people like Grant Robertson are, are yeah, highly astute at, at, at being able to sort of um, present themselves in a way that, that resonates with people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, think that I would also sorry, I'd say National hasn't suffered a dramatic loss in support No, you know, I mean I, I, Bill English is still pretty popular He's what, I mean they're level pegging for preferred Prime Minister aren't they and National's still sitting around, you know, 40%. 40%. So it's not that National has suffered a dramatic loss in popularity um, to mirror Labor's, um, you know, huge increase. They've gone down two or three points, probably. Mm. Yeah, they've, they've sucked votes from the Greens in New Zealand first, and like mm. you say, um, Sarah, yeah, just a couple of percentage points from National. But I think it's also interesting what John was saying about... Obama, Trudeau and Macron because I I agree, that's where they've kind of taken much more from than say in Britain where mm. Labour was expected to be thrashed and they, they, they weren't thrashed I mean the Conservatives still got quite a few more seats than Labour um, and they actually did well in some traditional Labour seats as, as well and became the second oh, party Scotland. in Scotland <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but in, in Britain, you had Labour go from a sort of mushy centre ground to the left. Corbyn took Labour to the left, and that was the secret for the advance of Labour. It wasn't Corbyn's personality, because he, really ha- he doesn't really have one. And, you know, he's a, he's a rather boring old white guy. <laughs> But, but he seems authentic because but of he that. Seems or, he so, seems authentic so a, like Bernie Sanders yes. in the States. Um, and it was on the basis of going back to a sort of old Labour... Working class. W- working class type old Labour politics that Labour went up in Britain. Mm-hmm. And that's very different, because Labour here haven't gone back no. to an old working class I think they've firmly rejected, uh, they're firmly uh, rejected. that strategy. Yeah. Oh, she uh, said that last Sanders night in the debate. Yeah. Yeah. So here, it's, it's very largely based on, on personality and presidential mm. style politics... And on her, yeah, yeah. But I think with this, uh, I, I see Jacinda Ardern representing a new form of radical centralism, um, um, centrism, and this is a phenomenon that various political scientists are talking about with Trudeau in Canada, with Macron in France, um, and so it's 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 it's. It's a, it's a continuation partly of third way politics, so Blair type politics in England and of um, uh, Helen Clark's government, so that sort of uh, a, a watered down version of neoliberalism if you like mm. but it's also, it's quite it, it, it represents a break from third wayism in that these new radical centrists are actually prepared to lurch to the left or to the right and present yeah. some bold radical politics because there's a, there's a new demand for bold radical politics and we're seeing that with Labour's education policy, yeah. which um, yeah, it, uh, it is effectively a free education policy, um, 
um, not as comprehensive as a lot of people would like, but it, it's pretty bold and pretty yep. out there and, and pretty much a break with the whole consensus around user pays and education that's been the dominant uh, discourse in New Zealand for decades now. So I think that the type, although, yes, Jacinda Ardern is a centrist, um, uh, it's rejected the sort of Jeremy Corbyn model of lurching too far to the left. Uh, at the same time, in a way that Helen Clark wasn't prepared to be, she's prepared to push out some radical yeah. policies. Well, like, National was the same. You sit in the centre and you've got the ability to go left or right depending on the topic and mm. cover both bases. Yeah. And, and this is exactly what Jacinda's doing. We'd better get on to the debate because we're chewing up time. Uh, Jacinda uh, Ardern and Bill English went head to head for the first time uh, and Hosking did a bloody good job. Um, I, it was a really exciting... <laughs> I, I, he, did, did, he talked a bit too much. Um, but I, I think, um, <laughs> you know, fears... Fears, yeah. Fears, I didn't get to see his jeans. I wonder what kind of jeans he was wearing last <laughs> night. But, uh, you know, fears of him coming out and, um, you know, showing his his allegiance to uh, the Overlord National uh, Party. Um, you know, once again, it was just like last time everybody thought that was going to happen. And, of course, he's not an idiot. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, he's not. Um, well, so, yeah, yeah, he is. But, you know, he, he, he knows what to do um, but I really enjoyed the debate I thought it was really good um, thoughts yeah I thought it, I thought it was a great debate um, and I thought uh, Mike Hosking yeah I agree totally agree with you Jamie he played a, um, a, a very professional role mm. um, and mm. I think that was to be expected I think the whole sort of uh, hysteria about him being uh, biased and that he was going to um, uh, promote national effectiveness in that debate. I don't think that ever was going to happen. Um, I think uh, Jacinda Ardern, uh, in the negative side, I think she was a bit nervous. Uh, we didn't see as many smiles as we normally do. And she was a bit weak on some policy areas, such as talking about water tax and the possibility of... Um, uh, capital gains tax. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a fault with Labour, that they haven't got necessarily concrete policies on that. Um, Bill English, um, again, I think he had been to uh, Smiling Boot Camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but he, he came across as a bit flat, as competent and very knowledgeable, but a bit flat and not really able to address those concerns around housing and other economic issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, Sarah? Um, I probably would have liked to seen the gloves come off a bit more and a bit mm. more kind of um, rigorous debate between the two of them. I think, you know, they're both a bit hamstrung because Nationals, of course, not going to go on the attack against Jacinda. You know, that's a very clear tactic that they know they'll lose um, points if they attack and, and Jacinda is um, relentlessly positive, so not going to attack either. So yeah. I, I'd like to see a bit more fire, fieriness from both of them. Um, I, yeah, I think neither of them... I think that, you know, I don't think it probably would have affected people's voting preferences much. Mm -hmm. I think they both had weaknesses and both had strengths. Um, personally, I do like to see a bit more fire and brimstone in these debates, but that's just a personal preference. One of the things that really surprised me um, on topics was when wages came up. I wasn't really expecting that. Um, I thought we were going to stick to the, you know, I, I didn't think that had been seen as being one of the big issues this election. I haven't heard much about it. You hear much a lot about immigration and, and water and whatnot. But then wages came up. Uh, and, it, and it really showed that trickle-down's not working. We have a great mm. economy. They say we've got a rock star economy, but they also say the wages aren't going up. So someone's getting the money, and it's not the, the, it's not the worker. 
The worker's not getting... Our wages aren't getting up, going up at all. No, so... so Um, But, you know, key part of the housing and immigration debates are the fact that New Zealanders, that that wages are low. Mm -hmm. That's a core component of it, um, is that people are really struggling. And, you know, what's happened with that immigration debate is instead of addressing poverty and low wages, it's been turned into blame the foreigner. Um, And the same thing with the housing. Housing is a function of low wages, housing affordability, low wages and high housing prices um, but we seem very reluctant well most most people who are commentating on it are missing the fact that wages in New Zealand are very low and aren't increasing I, mean, is so, yeah, that... I think it is it is a big issue it's come through from our members that, you know that real frustration with low wages. I mean, is that because the um, the job market isn't as tight as as it uh, could be? So they're, they're not forcing companies to push up wages because we are bringing in a lot of immigrants to do uh, work and low wage work, uh, and and therefore there's not the competition for places in those in jobs. No, the reason we've got low wages is we've got an industrial relations framework that is completely favours the employer and allows them to mm-hmm. get away with exploitation. I mean, Bill English is, is talking, you know, out of the top of his head to suggest that we've got a settled industrial relations framework where everyone's happy because we don't. We've got a very unbalanced industrial relations framework which allows the employer to pay extremely low wages to have people in precarious job situa- employment situations and it is an absolute struggle to um, to improve those conditions. I mean, most employers won't negotiate on pay. It's it's a real struggle, um, and the whole legislation allows them to get away with that. So to suggest that it's, it's you know balanced and fair is just rubbish. Mm. Well, I, I, guess, I guess everyone he's talking to is saying that it is, but he's sitting around. He's sitting at a round table. You see, that table's round, and it's, it's controlled by business. Um, but go. For, yeah, and National's argument, well, it's the sort of, it, it's the argument of, you know, neoclassical economics is that, you know, supply and demand determines things and the more people there were in jobs, the more pressure there would be for wages to go up. And that's been the mantra from National, from Key and from English, you know, for, for years now. And it hasn't because actually whether wages go up or stay still or go down, really is determined by the kind of balance of forces between the employers and the workers. And if the workers are hamstrung by a load of industrial legislation that prevents them taking any kind of effective action, then wages are, are, are going to stay stagnant, and that's exactly what's happened. The other thing, I think, is that the cost of... I don't think a lot of people in New Zealand realise this, but the cost of living in New Zealand is ridiculously mm. high. Yeah. You know, yeah. like anyone who's been out of the country, like I was in, in Britain and Ireland about three or four months ago, and I couldn't get over how cheap things were. Mm-hmm. And I've been over there three times in the last five or six years, and every time I'm just amazed at how cheap stuff is. Everything from butter and milk and vegetables through to shoes and clothing. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm. And I was talking to a young person in in, um, in Britain in a hostel I was staying in uh, who worked there, and he'd come to New Zealand, he'd brought a lot of money, and he'd run out, and he said, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't last there. Yeah, I, I had as long as I'd taken this money because the cost of living 
was just so it's expensive. It is so high, and I've got a living wage, a big living wage for them here, and we've got people stoked, people who are cleaning in Parliament, cleaning Parliament buildings on the minimum wage. Yeah. You know, that's $16 an hour, living in Wellington, having to travel in from Upper Hutt in the mm. middle of the night, doing two or three jobs, all on minimum wage. And these are people um, with children, with grandchildren, and also young people who are all on the minimum wage, getting working, having to work two or three jobs, and, and cleaning... Parliament, you know, and, yeah. and our yeah. parliamentarians refuse to pay them a decent wage to clean up after them. It's it's extraordinary. I think Labor's got a, a policy on bringing uh, all uh, state services people onto a living wage. Um, yeah, but not for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, another big one, of course, was tax, uh, water tax, ETS uh, for farmers, uh, visitor levies. Um, you know, majority of these tax, these new taxes, if Labor brings them in aren't going to really affect the majority of New Zealanders. It's going to affect farmers. It's going to uh, affect international travellers. Um, so, you know, so does the voter really care about that? Is it really, you know, what, what the Nats were saying about it last night, is it really going to affect the vote? I think Labour are certainly very cautious on this question of tax, and that's why they're not coming out with concrete policies on, a, say, a water tax or on capital gains, and they've certainly ruled out um, increasing the top tax level. Mm. So I think... Um, whether voters are concerned or not, certainly the um, political elite see that the, the question of tax is, is a dangerous one. And, and, the, and for Labour, they, I think they're, they're fearful that um, if they were to push uh, an agenda of, say, um, bringing a more progressive taxation system, uh, pushing higher taxes for the rich, say, uh, that that could have a negative backlash, that National could push that line, that this is, this is a party of tax and spend. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> In a way, I have to say it's it's quite incredible that a, a, a left-wing party, the Labour Party in New Zealand, isn't actually proposing increased taxes for the rich at all. Um, I think that's something that um, um, people of a more left-wing orientation, people who are deeply concerned about inequality, should really have them up on. Um, that it, Yeah, it's fucking astounding that a, a left-wing party is uh, in a situation where they're admitting that there's, there, there's widespread poverty amongst children, that there's kids sleeping in cars with their families, that they're not prepared to um, uh, uh, increase taxes for the mm -hmm. top income levels mm -hmm. and, and for businesses. Well, I guess they were given uh, a present in the fact that, you know, um, the tax cuts that uh, the um, National was going to give, they say, well, we're not going to do that. And then mm. there comes the money from there, so we don't have to tax. So yes. they're kind of like, they're playing that game of like, well, we just won't. Uh, you know, yeah. and they're using the fact of the yeah. economic surplus at the moment yeah. to, to say, yeah. well, we don't uh, need yeah. to raise taxes. But that, as Treasury has pointed out, that, that those economic surpluses aren't going to necessarily no, continue on into well, the future. Christchurch is slowing down, mm. uh, and, and we're not building enough houses. I mean, maybe mm. if we get our yeah. ass into gear, that will change. I, I mean, I would like to see from Labour, and I don't think it's going to happen this time around. I would like to see them putting forward a really strong argument about why taxes are necessary, and you know, the the, the whole argument behind progressive taxation and, and taxes on wealth is to pay for our public services and ensure that we all have strong, quality, affordable, accessible public services and to redistribute wealth. Um, and, and I think it's a shame that there isn't anyone putting that forward. I, the Greens do, um, and Gareth Morgan does to some extent, but I would like to see Labour putting forward a really strong argument about the value of taxes and the purpose they serve um, and the need for them to be progressive um, 
to redistribute wealth. I think it's a missed opportunity, and I think it needs to happen if we're ever going to get away from this, um, you know, this whole fear and fear mongering around tax. You need Labor to put forward a really strong argument about the value and the purpose of taxes. But, yeah. but you're right, Sarah, that, you know, they're not going to. Um, and I don't think they ever will because they're not a left, you know, they're not a left-wing party. Mm. I, know, I, I know John wasn't really saying that they were when he said they're a left-wing party. He said, you know, you're talking about how they might present themselves as being sort of left or centre. But they're not, are they? They haven't, and they haven't been for a hell of a long time. No. They're a middle-of-the-road party like National, and they're not going to do anything that's going to frighten the horses. They're not going to frighten business. They don't want, they're terrified of frightening business interests. They don't want to frighten the respectable middle class which is their main sort of people that they're made up of these days and that they orient to. So they will talk about partial introduction of free education and they'll qualify it, oh, I'd like to do it now, but I can't. Why not? Why can't you do it now? Mm-hmm. It's because you don't want to, because you don't want to frighten you know, business or whatever, but you do want to appeal to the middle class and the middle class want their kids to get free tertiary education. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. We've run out of time. Thank you all for joining me. Sarah, thank you so much. John, Phil. Cheers. Have a great day and we'll see you here.